Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every single day, seven days a week. Only about 13 or so minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that's very important for the strength and development and growth of our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. Help, help people in your life grow in their faith. Help people come to God by helping them grow in their faith by sharing these short studies from God's Word with them every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But share with everybody you can, family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study, but really it, it is still flowing from the general theme that we've been looking at in this series, and that's heart troubles. Well, people talk about heart troubles, they normally think about from a physical perspective. They're talking about the organ within their chest that pumps blood through their circulatory system all day long, every day, as long as they live this physical life upon this earth. But all kinds of heart troubles from a physiological perspective, and we understand that. We've all either known people with, with one or more heart problems, or we've experienced one or more ourselves. But that's not what we're talking about, as we've emphasized repeatedly through this study. We're talking about spiritual heart problems. We're talking about who we are, what we are from a spiritual perspective, our mindset, our conscience, our, our heart from the idea of, of, our mind, of, our, of our value system, our morality, our spiritual identity. We have a soul, and that makes us unique from everything else God created, and that also is at least partly how, I, I, I think basically how, we have been created in God's image. We are moral beings. And so when we're talking about, I believe something with all of my heart, or with all of my heart, I love God, or whatever it might be. We're talking about from that kind of perspective, a spiritual perspective. Now, we've been looking at a number of these heart troubles already. We've, in this particular series, we've talked about hatred. We've talked about laziness. We've talked about gossip, about worry, about unforgiveness, about ungodly pride, and also about harsh judgments and being super critical in finding fault with other people. I want us to look at another one now, and that is anger. Anger. Have you known somebody in your life, maybe more than one person, who really had a difficult time controlling their anger? Seemed like they were almost angry all the time, or at least on the verge of becoming angry. I've, I've kind of described such people as, you know, the old expression, yeah, old Joe over there, he'd, he'd fight at the drop of a hat. In other words, he'd be easily provoked. I've carried that a little further. I've said there are people like old Joe who carry a hat around with them just in case <laughs> the opportunity presents itself. So they can drop their hat and they can start a fight, either physically or verbally. 
have you known people maybe in a position of authority who just seem to always be angry, at least on the surface level basis? It's not pleasant to be around such people, is it? They continually find fault with you or with other people. They continually talk down to people and maybe even either through body language or verbally threaten people with physical violence or some kind of retribution. They don't like very many people either, do they? And they're not likable themselves. <clears throat> Anger. Anger, and we talked about this particular one earlier in our series, anger is kind of the seedbed, if you would, or the fertile soil for the development of hatred. And hatred being the soil from which violence springs. Well, think about, ang about anger. Trying to get a clear perspective on a given situation while angry is like trying to read through glasses that are terribly dirty and smeared. You see, your vision is warped. So you're trying to get a clear perspective on something and, and you're angry about it all, right off the bat. I mean, you're angry, you're carrying this, this, this bitter anger in your heart about whatever that situation is. Maybe it's an individual, maybe it's some kind of relationship. Whatever it is, it's like trying to read through dirty, smeared glasses because it warps your perception, your image. Your perception is distorted. You can't see clearly. Your ability to reason becomes impaired and your judgment clouded because your anger is causing problems in trying to get that clear perspective and make a good, rational, logical decision. As a result, you're vulnerable to making all kinds of mistakes in that situation, in sometimes very grievous mistakes. Ungoverned anger is raw emotion that can produce out-of-control behavior. Anger is the fire kindled by emotion left unchecked. But anger also feeds on itself. It's, it's like a fire that just keeps feeding and getting worse and worse and brighter and brighter and hotter and harder and spreading further and further through a forest or a wildfire kind of setting. If not brought under control, anger becomes not only the fire, but also the fuel for the fire. Again, it just feeds on itself. Just as fire is left to rage quickly, fire that is left to rage quickly becomes destructive, then raging anger can develop into all kinds of destructive behavior. And as we, I said, that would include hatred, violence, and even murder, as is, as is the case in Cain murdering his brother Abel. In Genesis chapter 1, notice, I'm, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, and we're introduced to Cain and Abel, two sons of Adam and Eve. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. 
Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So in other words, you might think of Abel being more of kind of a rancher, so to speak, or a sheep herder, and Cain was more of a farmer. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an, an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Now, the Hebrews writer tells us that by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, his brother. Again, as we keep emphasizing in these studies, since faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, then obviously God had instructed both Cain and Abel as to what he wanted them to offer to him in worship. And Abel responded obediently. Cain offered a substitute. The last part of verse 5 says, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Well, let's put an, an identity to sin. The devil, Satan. He's described as being like a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour, and he's also identified as being our adversary, basically our enemy, in 1 Peter chapter 5, in verses 8 and 9. Now, Peter says we can, we can resist him by being steadfast in our faith to God, but if we let anger take us over, we can find ourselves having a difficult time staying faithful to God. Now, what happened in the case of Cain, who was very angry, and he was angry with his brother, too. Now, why would he be angry with Abel? His brother, his, it, Abel didn't do anything to him. Cain maybe was angry with God, but he took it out on Abel. Verse 8 now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Well, understand, Cain murdered his brother Abel. Why? Because he was resentful that Abel's sacrifice had been accepted by God and his own sacrifice had been rejected by God. And that resentment developed into anger. And the anger, perhaps we could conclude, maybe it had developed to the point where he actually hated his brother. And his brother did nothing to him. But maybe his anger was really against God. But he took it out on his brother Abel. Well, anger left uncontrolled can lead to hatred and even violence, including murder. It's a lesson we need to take heed of 
and we need to strive to keep anger out of our hearts, to never let it abide. Now, there's such a thing as righteous indignation in a given set of circumstances, but we can't let anger well up inside of us and develop all kinds of horrible consequences. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32 reads as follows, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now, when you think about bitterness, wrath, clamor, evil speaking, malice, they all go hand in hand with anger. And in fact, they can be generated by anger. Verse 32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Anger, a real heart trouble, problem of the heart. We'll study a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to control anger in our lives, to never let it get out of control and have its way with us, and to never allow it to develop into bitterness, into hatred or even violence, Father. Help us to control it and put it out of our hearts and not let it generate foul language, angry, hateful language towards somebody else or towards some situation. Help us, Father, to have pure hearts. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.